Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off. That's 20% off using the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. up everybody welcome into locked on tigers i'm your host chris castellani it is monday february 8th 2021 and monday following the big game we're not allowed to say the alternative on here i will talk about that a little bit obviously the tampa bay buccaneers on top of the football world now tom brady remains the goat I know there's a lot of single-digit IQ people who bought into that idea that some random dude on Twitter started that Brady was this system quarterback, which was always nonsense. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Tom Brady is forever the GOAT. But even more so than that, Tampa Bay's defensive game plan. Todd Bowles is going to get himself another head coaching job with what he just did. I mean, the Chiefs, I've watched a lot of Chiefs football. I love Patrick Mahomes. I've never seen him that that rattled. I mean, they, they got pressure on him. All night, it was an immaculate game plan. And for that reason, I wouldn't actually put this in like that bottom tier of worst Super Bowls because, uh, one, the novelty of it, having these two incredible quarterbacks go up against each other, just the pregame hype, which is part of the the festivities in general, uh, made this a Super Bowl worth looking forward to. Obviously, the, the execution, the game itself, was was pretty lacking, pretty underwhelming. An anticlimactic ending to a great postseason with these two quarterbacks, but uh, I just all forever be in awe of what Tom Brady's done. If if there was ever any doubt that this man isn't the baddest dude on the planet, that doubt is gone. 43 years old, going to another team, a team that hadn't made it to the playoffs in over 10 years, Super Bowl champions. Tom Brady goaded. Now that's enough about the, the big game. There was some really sad news, and this just came across my timeline, my Twitter feed. So the details are still fairly muddy, but very sad news to report this coming from ESPN uh, PR at ESPN PR on Twitter. Pedro Gomez, 58-year-old ESPN baseball reporter. When you think of ESPN baseball, you think of him. I mean, he was there for as long as I can remember at 58 years old has passed away. No word yet on the cause of death. I'm sure it will come out within the coming days. Uh, Incredibly sad. It's incredibly sad when baseball loses one of their own, and it's even more sad when baseball loses someone who is as professional and as memorable as Pedro Gomez was. Uh, I'll probably wait for maybe a few more details to come out before I give a full kind of eulogy here, but uh, a wonderful, wonderful reporter, a true professional, and we may not feel the impact of it now, but years down the road, probably this baseball season, when you don't see Pedro Gomez's face on ESPN, it's going to feel weird. And that is the sign of a man who was a consummate professional and a truly great reporter. So rest in peace, Pedro Gomez. Uh, my, my heart goes out to his friends and family. You know, last week on Monday, or maybe even Wednesday, I believe it was, I said that there are certain signings 
that do not warrant an entire segment. Well, today is the alternative. There's two signings that will fill up the entire show that I want to discuss today. One of them, and that's the one I'm going to lead off with, has to do with the Detroit Tigers. On Wednesday's show, I'll probably do another one of those speed rounds where I just I grade every single one of the signings that I hadn't gotten to yet. And then Friday, maybe we'll do a mailbag, or maybe more news will break. You never know. But yes, Jonathan Scope has re-signed with the Detroit Tigers, a one-year, $4.5 million deal. Jonathan Scope last year played 44 games for the Tigers, ended up getting a wrist injury and missing a good portion of the final month of the season, but had a solid year, you know, in limited action. Eight home runs, 23 RBIs, 278 average, and a 799 OPS. My thoughts on this, and I tweeted two words from the Locked On Tigers account, good signing. It's a good move. Jonathan Scope is the caliber of player that the Tigers should have honed in on at the beginning of this rebuild. A short-term deal, but a guy who can produce for you, a guy who, if worst comes to worse, you can trade at the deadline for potentially some good prospects, even if he is just a rental. He's a good player. He's a solid 6.5, 7 out of 10 kind of player. I like Jonathan Scope quite a bit. Leads baseball, I didn't know this, leads baseball in home runs by a second baseman since 2014. And we're talking, we're including him on a list with LeMahieu and Cano and Jose Altuve. He's the guy. Is he a flawed player? He is. The, the guy w- wouldn't know a walk if, if a walk shot him in the kneecaps. But besides that, serviceable defender as well. Career defensive war of 7.2. Only a few years removed from a 6-3 war season. While I do think that was an anomaly, he's got a career war of 17.3. The guy is a serviceable, good player, and he fills holes in this lineup. He can hit for power. He has a fairly solid average. A lot of things about this signing that I do like. And of course, look, I, I've been angry and adamant that the Tigers should be aiming higher. I wish they would. I I, I totally disagree with how they've gone about signing guys this offseason. I, I think it is the same kind of bargain bin basement dwelling signings that they've made over the last several years. I've noticed no change in philosophy. I've noticed no change in terms of how they're going about their business, and it's very frustrating. But last year, when they were doing the same thing, I praised the Jonathan Scope signing and the Crone signings, and guess what? He had a really good year, and now he's back. I think that's a smart move, and I heard whispers about Colton Wong potentially being a guy the Tigers would look at. I was never a fan of that. I, I This team needs offense. The pitching core, while still remarkably unproven, at least has a few pieces, both in the bullpen and in the starting rotation, that you can work with. There's guys in that in that pitching core that I'm willing to give a little bit of leeway to and watch as A.J. Hinch and Chris Fetter kind of mold them potentially into really solid Major League players. But you look at the lineup, uh, there's no real solid bats. Jamer had a wonderful 40 games last year, you know, or whatever it was after that rough start. He had a great season, but I'm not counting him yet as a formidable guy that you could put into the lineup every single day who's going to bat 280 and have an OPS of, you know, 800 or above. Scope is probably the most formidable hitter in the lineup, or at the very least, the most proven hitter in the lineup who isn't, you know, made of glass at this point. Miguel Cabrera, obviously the be- the biggest name and had the most success, but we-, we know where he stands with the injuries and everything like that. It's a good move. And now that leads us to where the Tigers go from here. Well, they need a first baseman, and my guess is they're going to go out and get another starting pitcher. I would be really surprised if Mize and Scooball both start the year 
in the major league rotation. Like I said before, I think those guys will, will duke it out for that final rotation spot. Somebody will get traded or get injured at some point, and then the other guy will end up getting called up. So I'm, I'm not too concerned about that necessarily. But there there are other pitchers out there that they, I expect they'll make a move and try to get. There's been a lot of whispers. Early on, there were whispers about Taewon Walker, and now he's been like tweeting at multiple times, basically saying, like, hey, whoever wants me, come get me. Taewon Walker's a pretty good pitcher. He's not great, but he's serviceable. I think he'd be more likely to go to a solid team. I mean, I know this this team's rotation is full at this point, but like a New York Yankees or like a Boston Red Sox, even though they're they're not very good and weren't good at all last year, I, I don't see him going to a team like Detroit. But if the market isn't there for him, then maybe he would go to Detroit and be flipped for some prospects at the deadline and end up pitching the second half of the season for a contender. You never know. As far as the first base void, I know Hinch has discussed the idea of Miggy playing a little bit of first base in 2021, and I I love A.J. Hinch. I think A.J. Hinch is going to do a good job here. I adamantly disagree with that. I think that's a poor idea. I think this guy is, he's kind of on borrowed time at this point with the injuries. The last thing you want to do is, is press him and put him at first base as much as he may clamor for it, as much as he may want to. I just, I don't think health wise, it's good for him and therefore not good for the team. At this point, it wouldn't shock me if they just do Occam's Razor and go out and get C.J. Crone and bring him back on another one-year deal. C.J. Crone had a few moments last year in limited action with the Tigers. Did strike out a lot. The numbers weren't amazing, amazing, but the guy can hit for a lot of power. The guy mashes. Him and Scope like each other. They came here together from Minnesota, and I think that knee injury he suffered last year, which to me was a fluky injury. You know, It was a hard ground ball that went off his knee. He ended up having to have surgery on it. I think that may cause some teams to hold back on signing him, or at least contending teams to hold back on signing him. And the other thing that's worth noting is good teams, good teams, competitive teams have first basemen. Like that's a very important position, especially from a power perspective. Most teams that need a first baseman are teams that don't have very good players. To be honest with them, and you look at all the teams in baseball that are fighting for something, that are contending, you know, the Astros, the Dodgers, the Nationals, the Braves, they all have good first basemen. They all have power-hitting first basemen. The Cardinals obviously have Goldschmidt. I think the further this thing goes, the more likely it is that Crone just ends up coming back to Detroit, and I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, those are two guys. They're formidable hitters. Like I said, they, they're flawed. I mean, I'm repeating myself from even a year ago when they signed these guys. They're not world beaters, but they're good, serviceable major league players, and that's what this team needs right now. And on one-year deals, worst worst comes to worst, like I said, you can flip them for prospects at the deadline. You'll probably get more for scope than you will for Chrome, but that's a conversation for another day. Overall, I like the signing. I have not been crazy at all. In fact, I've been downright disappointed and bitter with how the Tigers have gone about some of their free agent signings over the last few years, but this one, this one I like. I wish from the beginning they would have gone after players like Jonathan Scope. I think it would have made this rebuild a a lot less arduous. So that will do it for segment number one. When I come back, we're going to talk about the big, big move that went down in Major League Baseball on Friday. Trevor Bauer signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Going to discuss that in a second. We'll be right back. The big game is past us, but there are still, oh, so many games to bet on college basketball in full swing. We're coming up on March Madness here pretty soon, everybody, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The improved built bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing 
flavors, six new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back, everybody. So the big news that broke on Friday after a long process, a long drawn-out process, Trevor Bauer officially signed a three-year deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Going to discuss the contract here real quick. It's three years, $102 million. With a, It's a front-loaded contract. He, it's basically a two-year, $85 million deal. His final year, he'll only be making $17 million. You know, Only $17 million is kind of a, a weird way to put it, but I believe he's making $43 million this season alone. You know, people freak out about this, as they always do. If it was another team... I'd be a bit more skeptical, but the Dodgers are the richest team maybe in baseball, and good teams can absorb bad contracts. With that said, this isn't a bad contract. Even if he stinks, if he comes to Los Angeles and is putting up a 5 ERA, bad deal, right? Three years is not super crippling. Everything, Anything over three years, it starts to just put a stranglehold on your entire organization. That's what happened with Jordan Zimmerman. Like, Jordan Zimmerman was awful, but can you imagine if they would have, how much different things would be if that contract would have been off the books after, say, 2018, 2017? It's the fact that they signed him to a five-year deal that really, really broke the organization. Now, I understand the controversy behind Trevor Bauer, and I, I'll be honest, I haven't done a ton of research into it. I know there's people who say that, you know, he he berated a girl on Twitter four years ago. I, I, maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't. I, I think he's a good pitcher. I know it last year was fluky circumstances, won the Cy Young, the Mickey Mouse Cy Young, which even he's admitted to and, and sold merch talking about. Inconsistent, sure, but good. Really good. If last year was his only good year, I'd have been like, okay, this is a really dumb signing, but he was a revelation in 2018. He was great in the second half of 2017, inconsistent as hell in 2019, but pitched some good baseball. He wasn't very good when he came over to Cincinnati, but made up for it with how he performed a season ago. And it's the Dodgers, and they have Kershaw, and they have Bueller, and they have Price, and they have Trevor Bauer now, and they have Julio Urias, who was incredible in the postseason for them last year as kind of a super reliever. He did start a game or two, and they have Tony Gonsolin. I mean, that's that's a loaded rotation. Bauer at worst is a guy who's going to put up a so-so ERA and give you a lot of innings and strike out a lot of batters. A three-year deal for one of the richest teams in baseball, a team that just won the World Series. I can't call this a bad bad contract. I can't. Now, there's also the other controversy, and I do have to discuss this. Bob Nightingale for USA Today reported on Thursday night that Bauer had signed a deal with the New York Mets. That's where I thought he was going. I thought he was going to New York. I think he was I thought he was going to pitch with DeGrom and Stroman. I thought Steve Cohen was going to make one more big move to really and kind of put his fist down on this entire free agent season, but they didn't. He ended up going to Los Angeles. Bob Nightingale reported that Bauer had made a deal with the Mets. Now there is a conspiracy theory out there and it it may be true that Rachel Luba or somebody in Trevor Bauer's inner circle leaked that news to Nightingale 
in the hopes that the Dodgers the last second would potentially bump up their offer. I don't know if that's true. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But I just, and I rarely do this. Rarely. I mean, I, I bring up reporters on here. I praise reporters on here. You know, I, I did a whole segment the other week where I praised Jeff Passan's greatness regarding the Drew Robinson article goal, and I, I take back none of it. That was so brilliantly well-written. I, I like most of the baseball reporters, you know, throughout the major leagues. Bob Nightingale, and it's become a meme. It became a meme over the weekend is so consistently wrong all the time that it's gone from, like, just meme-worthy status to what's going on. Like, he's he's wrong so much more than he's right. Like, news that's correct, he can't get right. He was the one who reported that the Cubs had traded Hugh Darvish and Victor Caratini to the Padres, and two weeks after that, he said the Cubs had re-signed uh, Victor Caratini, avoiding arbitration. Dude, you reported that he got traded to another team! But I... And I really, maybe he's the nicest guy. I've never heard him speak. I haven't. That's what's weird. Passon's on TV all the time. Rosenthal's on TV all the time. Morosi's on TV all the time. I've never heard Nightingale talk. He's had that same profile picture for like eight years. That's all I know of him is that, that picture of his face on Twitter. I envy him though. I do. I truly do. And I don't mean to make this into a, into a bashing session, but I'm just, I'm fascinated by someone like him because he is, he had to eat so much dookie on, fr- on Friday. I mean, that is brutal that you report something and 12 hours later, it is proven 100% undeniably false. But the guy keeps going. He's really prolific. He never comments. He never says, hey, I was wrong. Sometimes reporters say, hey, I screwed up. He just keeps rolling. And he is, to me, the most fascinating reporter, maybe in all of sports, because there's nobody in sports as flawed as he is, and yet he just keeps going. Bob Nightingale is a machine, and I know people are thinking that this is me bashing him. It's actually me praising him. I admire him. I admire the fact that he can slip up so often and just keep pushing forward. That's that's grit, dude. Bob Nightingale is hashtag grit. Honestly, I give him credit. All jokes aside, though, going back to to the signing, you know, I I know Trevor Bauer is forever controversial. I get it. I I like Trevor Bauer. I, I do. I think he's fascinating and interesting. I don't know the guy personally. And yes, I know there's that caveat. He said good things about uh, one of my videos one time. Honestly, like that, that's cool, right? And I appreciate that. But if I didn't like the guy, I'd, I'd say I didn't like the guy, honestly. I mean, there, there's people who have, who have praised me in the past that I, I haven't said much about because I don't particularly care for him. If, if I didn't like him, I would say it. I do like him. I think he's a good pitcher. I think he's good for the game. You could make the argument that he has made himself the face of baseball. He is probably the most talked about athlete in this sport. He backed up all the noise last season by pitching Cy Young caliber baseball over his 60-game season. I find him fascinating. He is comparable to me, kind of, to what Jim Harbaugh was like his first couple years at Michigan, where, yes, it was a guy who, a bit flawed, maybe hadn't won as much as people believed he had, but was an incredible soundbite and and good for your program because he always kept people talking. That's kind of how I feel about Bauer. Maybe a bit flawed, sure, who isn't, but I find him fascinating. And if he, look, if he pitches like he did last year, you can't say anything about him. If you want to shut him up, beat him. Score some runs against him because very few teams did a year ago. I think it's a good deal for the Dodgers. All right, so that will do it for today's show. Kind of a wonky show today, but that'll do it. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. Still haven't tweeted since Christmas Eve, and I've sent one tweet since... November, you know, I'm going back and forth with that, whether or not I'm going to come back. But you can follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five-star review of this program. That would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much 
for tuning in, everybody. I really appreciate it. I will be right back here on Wednesday covering some more baseball news and hopefully some more Tigers news. Have a great rest of your day, everybody, and go Tigers.